0: Hey, this is Kyle Papano. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Hey, give somebody a high five and say what's up to them as you take your seat. And hey, online crew, we want to say what's up to you guys as well. You are our online family, and I'm so glad that you are with us. I'm so glad that actually I'm going to pull up the live stream right now and see who's watching because I think, uh, I think it's cool. We realize that there are, are people who are with us that aren't even in person, and so it looks like we have, uh, we've got Tony Ingresso online. Oh, some people are, are a fan of him. That's cool. That's my husband. <laughs> we've got Sandy Banks. I know we got Brittany Popineau. Um, Let me see who's on Facebook. I don't do this very often, um, and I and I try to be as young as I possibly can for you, uh, just so that we don't uh, we don't age too quickly. But one of the things that we did from week one was was stream our services so that on the off chance that people would get sick or, or couldn't make it to church, they would be able to participate with their church family. Um, and this morning, I'm, I'm excited that we have that in place because we have some people who are sick with us. Uh, looks like Jaden Williams is online with us. Jaden, what's up, man? Reynolds Danden is with us. Uh, it looks like a couple others that I can't see your names. So if I can't see your names, put it in the chat. I want to see who's with us. But I, I, I believe this. God has a word for all of us, whether you are online or in person. Uh, and, and one of the things that he wants to do is heal people. And before I get into the message, I, I really believe that there's something that God wants to say. But there's just something on my heart this morning, and I believe that God wants to heal people. Um, I'm sick of COVID. Anybody else? I'm just tired of it. Uh, I'm, I'm not doubting its existence. It's very real. I understand that it's, it's a real issue, but um, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> um, and this morning, I know that we have uh, Eli Siegel, who, who has COVID. And so Eli, where's my camera, Kim? That one. Eli, I'm praying for you, buddy. I'm believing that God is going to heal you in the name of Jesus this morning. Um, I know that Austin Martin's Uh, Still hasn't tested negative, and so Austin, I'm praying with you and your family. And this morning, uh, uh, my little guy is sick. He's got a fever. Um, And so Levi, Daddy loves you, and I'm praying for you. But I'd love it. Uh, Simba. Simba is also uh, not feeling well, and so Simba, we're praying with you. Guys, can I just tell you, like, I'm super grateful that you've taken the responsibility on yourselves. If you're sick, stay home. We have a great crew that puts together online church. But then if you are well, do yourself a favor and get to church in person. This is the place. This is the place where God wants to, to speak to you. I'm not saying he can't do it in your living room. He totally can. But what I am saying is there's something powerful when God's people come together. And so I'd love it if, if you would just um, bow your heads with me. I want to pray with these, these people. Um, If you guys were in the room, we'd be laying hands on you, uh, and so maybe you can lay hands on each other there in the room, but I am believing right now that, God, you would heal your children. God, I pray over Eli, I pray over Simba, I pray over Austin, I pray over Levi, and God, I know there's a whole host of other people who are sick, and I pray your supernatural, abundant healing in the lives of your children this morning. God, I know that you came to be our great physician, so we, we trust in, in, in a lot of different medicines and remedies, but God, we know that healing, true healing, comes, through, comes from you. And so this morning, I'm asking that as the right of every believer has to divine healing, God, would you portion that out this morning? In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said together, amen, amen. amen. I, guys, I think God has answers to our simplest problems. I don't care if it's a fever. I don't care if it's a house. God, God has the answer to our problems. And if we will trust him and rely on him, he's going to move. In fact, the, the end of our, our verse said this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. That's, that's good stuff. And I am here this morning to wake you up. Okay? I, I got up early this morning, earlier than I normally do on Sunday mornings. I, I got up early enough to go get Starbucks this morning. So y'all better watch out. I'm caffeinated. It's about to go off, okay? I'm here to... <laughs> Come on, Alex. Even if just Alex goes with me, man, I'm here. And I'm praying for you. I'm caffeinated, too. I'm praying for your, your thumb. Yeah. Uh, we, we have gone two years. It, that sounds random to some of you. I'll get there in just a second. Uh, we have for two years set up and torn down after every service, um, and, and we've done it almost without incident, which is just a, a huge, a huge blessing, um, but last week, this dude almost cut his thumb off, and uh, God's healing him, so God wants to heal people, God wants to speak pe- to people, it's a matter of us listening, us asking, cool? Okay, let me ask something, let me take a quick poll, has anybody ordered from Postmates, DoorDash, or Uber Eats recently? Recently? Okay. Um, has anybody gone to Starbucks recently? Has anybody gone out to eat recently? Yes. Oh, there we go. All right. got a bunch of gluttons in here. That's great. Um, I, I This last week, maybe a week ago, became hyper aware of the tendency in our culture to create middlemen. Right? So there, there was a point in history where we did not have in and out I know, it just hurts my heart. I just, I, I love In-N-Out. There was a point in history where if you wanted milk, you had to go talk to a cow. There was a point, if you wanted a good steak, you weren't going to Ruth's Chris. You had to go talk to the same cow. There was a point that if you wanted something, you had to go get it. Now, I'm just going to let you know, I I had to pray a little extra hard last night because I almost lost it on a specific dining place last night. I won't mention their names, but it was Fast Fired Pizza. I'll let your minds wander from there. It took 45 minutes from the time I went to the door till I got my pizza. 45 minutes. And there were people behind me who were like, hey, I just want to know, am I going to spend the rest of my evening here? Like, I just, I, I, I'm cool with you taking my order, but I just need to know so I can tell my family it's going to be another three hours before I bring their pizzas to them. And I was like, man, that is bold, sir. Um, but I'm with him. <laughs> I wanted to be nice. I put a smile on my face. I let him know, like, hey, y'all need to speed it up a little bit, okay? But then I, I kind of had this revelation that, like, it used to be if you wanted a pizza, you had to start with flour, and make your own dough, and now we can go, and if it's not done in eight minutes or less, I start getting antsy. Like, we have, as a culture, created so many different middlemen to get us from the point of our need to that need being fulfilled. That's pretty crazy. That literally everything in our lives has a middleman in it. And so, as I was as I was kind of thinking on this thought, the Holy Spirit said, I was never to have a middleman between you and me. There was never supposed to be a middleman between you and me. Right? That's what this entire scripture is about. That's why we read it this morning. There is not supposed to be anything between us and God. I, I love that there's a ton of different apps and uh, devotionals and things like this, but those are not substitutes for reading the word of God for yourself. Okay? I, I love that there are pastors all over the world who are putting their sermons online because I believe this. God speaks through pastors. We are his mouthpiece. That's the way it's been for, for thousands of years. That is not to say that this is the only time that you should be hearing from God. We, we should be consuming this. I brought my thumper today, all right? this is This is the big one. This needs to be so much a part of me that people see this before they see Kyle. There's not supposed to be someone in between this book and my heart. There's not supposed to be something between this book and my heart. And and I think this is something I've struggled with in my own life. uh, uh, Committing time to spending long periods of time with God. I've struggled with this. And now I'm I'm getting better. I'm pleased to say I'm getting better at it. I I love reading the scripture. But the more and more I read scripture, the more I realize that there is not supposed to be anything between you and God. Not even me. So we have have Uber Eats so that if we want Chick-fil-A, they will bring us Chick-fil-A. I love that. I love the convenience. I love uh, guilty pleasure. I love to DoorDash Wingstop stop every so often. I'm a fan of buffalo wings. And when Levi goes down for his nap, I love to turn on the TV and watch a show and eat some wings before I go back to work. It's fun. It's just a great time. That is not supposed to be the way that I deal with the Father. That is not the way I was created to deal with Holy Spirit. Right, so when when he says that he he uh, is inviting us into the presence, so he he removed the curtain. He's inviting us into his presence. That means there shouldn't be anything between us and him. In fact, the entire reason that Jesus came was to eliminate and eventually replace the middleman. Did you know this? He came to replace the curtain. So I, I told you, there was this massive curtain, and it was massive. I mean, we're, we're not talking about pipe and drape. We, we are talking about, some scholars think, as thick as nine-inch curtain. The fabric was nine inches thick. That's pretty crazy. For reference, that's a small wall, okay? That is the thing that separated us from the presence of God. And the entire reason that Jesus came was to take that curtain away and reveal himself to us. That's powerful. I, I was telling the staff earlier this week uh, that I've been wrestling with this message because it's revolutionary when you pick up on the fact that devotionals are a tool, they're not the food. Worship music is a tool, it's not the food. Social media. I think it's a great thing. It's a tool. It's not the food. I remember I was out to coffee a couple of, of years ago, and I was talking to a guy, and I said, hey, tell me about, tell me about your devotional life. What's, what's God speaking to you? And he goes, oh, just so much, just so much, Pastor Kyle. I said, cool, what's he talking about? <laughs> Generally speaking, if you just tell me, oh, God's speaking so much, and you don't tell me specifics, it means mm, you're not listening. I don't doubt that God's talking. It's a matter of us listening. And so he was like, "Well, I love to start off my devotional time by scrolling through Instagram through all of the things that uh, uh, you know my, my pastors say." Wait a minute, do you only follow pastors? Because that's a short feed. Mm, well, no. Sometimes I get distracted. Okay, there it is. So you, you'll read one post and count that as your devotion. I'm not shaming anybody who does it. I'm just telling you that's not food. That that's that's a curtain. And we got to label things for what they are. But I love that um, he, tore, he tore the veil. That's, that's the King James Version. He tore the veil. So when, when Jesus came and he lived a sinless life, and he died for our sins, we're going to get into that in just a second, it says that the curtain in the temple was torn. Remember, nine inches. Like, has anybody ever tried to tear fabric? Some of it's kind of easy. But have you ever tried to tear flannel? Not as easy. You ever tried to tear canvas? Not as easy. Okay, you ever tried to tear velvet? Not easy. Now, try tearing nine inches of those things. Not easy. But the cool thing is, Jesus, when he died, it says the veil was torn, the the curtain was torn from top to bottom. Just to kind of prove that this wasn't man that did this, like maybe maybe if we if we took a saw or like eight of us got scissors, we could start cutting it from the bottom and we could kind of separate. Don't don't get me wrong, like if you started to cut the curtain, my guess would be you'd die. Because even even the priest that had spent all year preparing his life to make sure that he could step into the holy of holies could potentially die if there was one thing out of place in his life. So if we're trying to go and cut the the, the curtain. Ah, uh, that's not, that's not going to work. So Jesus said, I'm going to do it from top to bottom. I want you to know that I want to be with my people. In fact, we see as, as early on as, as Genesis chapter 1, that God never intended for man to be separated from God. That was our choice. It's, it's been all of our choices. We were born into that reality, that we have a sin nature, that if you left, Michael, if we left you alone in a room, for all of eternity, chances are you'd do something bad. That's just how you are. We love you anyway. But because you've given your life to God, there is a covering there. There is a a separation uh, removed because you have asked God into your heart. So when Jesus came, the veil tore from top to bottom to make sure that we could be with him. But we've made obstacles at best, and idols at worst of middlemen in our relationship with Christ. We've decided devotionals are good enough. We don't need to read the Bible. We let someone else's writing suffice for the experience of chewing on the word ourselves. We've let worship music describe how we will worship instead of insisting on worshiping our own. Does that make sense? Like, I will do this, and I will do this. Well, what if you just did it? we we were having a discussion in a staff meeting a few weeks ago about this that the worship music that we are singing we want to make sure we're being intentional about that and it's one thing I love about Grace that she chooses songs that are not just hype but they also bring hope and they bring good theology and and they're they're speaking truths over you and and then you get to take those through the week and and speak those over your own life but when we just sing that we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna well just I'm sorry, in the name of Jesus, shut up and do it. Just do it. If you're going to worship him, worship him. Tell him how great he is. That's a beautiful thing. Don't let that be a substitute, though, for spending time one-on-one talking to Jesus. I'm a musician. I, I, I wish I played guitar as much as I did years ago. I love worshiping with a guitar in my hand, but there is still something about being quiet, in the presence of God and letting him speak directly to your heart. Because as much as I love the guitar and and guitars are used or harps is is what the Bible calls them, they are used to honor God. In fact, they are before the throne right now. There are harp players in heaven playing before God and I'm believing that that's, that's a reality. But here's the thing. It's my responsibility not to let that become a middleman. Guitar can't sing for me. In fact, Scripture tells us that if we don't sing, the rocks will. So we might as well just sing. We might as well dive in. But we've become content in telling our friends that we've slacked in our relationship with God instead of repenting. This is a big one. I hear this all the time, and it's something we've even talked about in our small group, where we're telling our friends that... Uh, I messed up here, and I messed up here, and then they go, "Oh, but it's okay because there's grace." Well, yeah, there's there's grace, but there should also be progression. <laughs> you just can't rinse yourself in grace all the time. Sometimes you got to step out and do the uncomfortable work of saying, "I've got to change things." I've got to read my Bible today. I refuse to go to class until I read the Bible. I'm sorry, but I'll bet even at, even at Vanguard, if you told the teacher, I could not come to class because I had to read my Bible today, there, there'd be some respect there. I refuse to go to work until I've read my Bible. I refuse to talk to my spouse until I've read the Bible. Some of you all should try that because it'll change the way you talk to your spouse. I refuse to handle my child out of anger until, well, don't, don't handle him out of anger. Uh, I refuse to deal with my child until I have the word of God in me, because the word of God will inform the way that I will deal with my child. This week, I got, I got upset with Levi for something, and, and Brittany, bless her heart, she goes, don't do anything yet, because you're angry. Well, I had to go talk to God. And as soon as I prayed, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is what I want you to do. So I refused to, to go into different situations without seeking the Holy Spirit for myself. I'm not asking a pastor on Instagram. I'm not asking a worship director. I'm not asking a devotional writer. I'm going to go straight to God myself and say, what do you want from me? There's not supposed to be any middleman. So let me just make the declaration, no more middlemen. We've got to start identifying them and kicking them out. Because if we don't, we will rely on a watered-down gospel that was never intended to be preached, that was never intended to be lived by. Instead, I, I want to see us say, enough of that. Let's get to the real meat. Let's get to the real word. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak into our lives. Possibly one of the biggest offenders, and, and I know that some of us come out of this uh this religion, but one of the biggest offenders of this is the Catholic Church, forcing you to go through a priest and confess to him instead of using your God given right to go to God Himself and pray and talk and hear directly from Him. They have prostituted the position of priest to be a useless middleman. You do not have to come to me. God has given me the ability to speak into your life and to come alongside you and be an encourager and to equip you to do the work of the ministry. But he did not put me in your life so that you can come to me and tell me all of your sins so that I can forgive you. I can't do that. That's what scripture says. And so if you will read the Bible for yourself, you'll realize these practices don't really make sense. There's a lot of good that the Catholic Church does. I'm not, I'm not spewing all over them. But what I am saying is if we constantly think to ourselves that this is the way it should be through all of eternity in every religion, it's just not right. The benefit that we have, uh, we're, we're coming up on it in a couple of months, is Pentecost. We have the Holy Spirit with us. We have God with us. That doesn't make us God. I know I'm diving into a lot of theology, but stick with me here. We have God inside us to inform us. Not, not to be puffed up, not to be proud, instead to serve, instead to be humble, to seek him. So I want to encourage you, if you this week thought, oh, I need to go to church so I can, I can get this off my chest, you need to make church in your bedroom. <laughs> you need to spend some time with God one-on-one. Close your eyes. There, there was even a story of, uh, I touched on it last week, of Elijah. Praying and, and he prayed, let there be rain, and he didn't see rain. And so he had to go on top of a mountain and put his head between his knees to cancel out all the distractions, all of the other stuff that was going on in his world. And he prayed, let there be rain. And then he sent a servant boy, Will you go see? And the guy came back, he said, There's no rain. He goes, Okay, I'm gonna keep praying. When was the last time you said, I'm gonna keep praying? Even when there's a no, I'm gonna keep praying. Even when there's a wait. I'm going to keep praying. Even when there's a letdown, I'm going to keep praying. Even when there's a back step, I'm going to keep praying. There are people in our church that have decided to take a step back from their faith and I got to tell you, I'm still praying. I hope you'll join me. I, I was telling uh, uh, the crew earlier today um, that Pastor Barbara was, was going to pray over one of them. And I said, you better, you better watch out. Because when Pastor Barbara prays and she says amen, you better believe God heard that. I know, I she's my mom, okay? I, I call her Pastor Barbara out of the honor of the place that God has given her in this church, but she's my mom. And I have seen my mom get on her knees and pray. And she will weep over people. She's never asked a priest to go before her. She just hasn't. In fact, it says at the beginning of the scripture that we read, let me see this, Um, no, it's actually a couple of verses before, hang on, i got to show you this, because I I think this is going to give us some context, verse 8, where are you, after he says this, you do not desire or delight in sacrifices and offerings, whole burnt offerings and sin offerings, which were offered according to the law, he then says, see, I have come to do your will. That's Jesus saying, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. What, what he's saying here is, I God doesn't desire a burnt offering every time you do something wrong. It says that Jesus came to cover it. Okay, So that means we have the ability to say, Father, forgive me of my sin. And instantly, anything that you have ever done is washed away. And I believe this. He even died for the things that you'll do in your future. Does that make us eternally secure? No. I don't believe it does. I'll tell you why. Because we can choose to step out of grace. We can choose to step away from God. The fact remains, though, your sin has been covered. Whether you choose to accept that or not is on you. But your sin is covered. We have a responsibility no longer to bring an animal to the the house of God to burn as a sacrifice. We have the ability to call on the blood of Jesus saying, "I, I claim the blood of Jesus over this portion of my life. God, thank you that you died to set me free for this. Thank you that you died to set me free from my stinking attitude. From my pride, from my porn addiction, from my uh, alcohol addiction, from my cheating on my spouse, from these, these impure thoughts. He died for all of it. Everything you've already done, everything you're doing now, and everything you ever will do. Alright, I lost my place. Hang on. We have put so much in front of our oneness with Christ that we can't even call ourselves whole anymore. I don't want that to be the case for us, guys. I want us to be able to walk in a freedom that comes from being whole, made clean in the presence of God. I want us to be able to minister out of a place of wholeness and oneness with God. And that means realizing that there can't be anything between you and God. It says he's closer than a brother. And then there have been songs that are written that say he's closer than your next breath. In fact, a psalmist says it. So if he's closer than your next breath, there shouldn't be anything between you and your next breath. I'm not getting political. I'm not saying anything about masks. What I am saying is there shouldn't be anything between you and the next breath in Christ. there just shouldn't. As far back as Adam and Eve's first sin, we ruptured the relationship with God that was there, and there was now a need for restoration or what the Bible calls atonement. Has anybody heard this before? Atonement? Okay, I'm gonna dive into it for just a second. In our language, it means at-one-ment. That's pretty cool. They spelled the word out for us. Atonement, it means to be together. It means to be in harmony with. In the Old Testament, atonement necessitates the death of a sinless animal to pay the price for sin. Then we have the new covenant in Jesus. But the law didn't just go away. This is one of the things I love about Jesus. That he didn't just come to say, forget the law. Don't worry about the law. He came to fulfill the law. So now, instead of there being, help me out, 400 and how many laws? 80? Okay, Uh, let's say a boatload of laws. Instead of there being a boatload of laws that we have to follow, and then Jesus comes and says, forget that, you don't have to do that, just live by my new rules. No, 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 he said, I'm going to fulfill all of these laws. Everything that's ever been said about me, I'm going to fulfill those things. And now I'm calling you to something higher. So we think, oh, praise God. That means we don't have to tithe anymore. No, 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 no. What he's saying is, still tithe. That's good. I'm calling you to something higher. Give me everything. Oh, thank God. I don't have to give just my, my first goats. Anybody glad you don't have to give your first goats anymore? I'm glad I don't have to raise goats. Um, uh, We did that for a while, and it was a nightmare. Uh, I'm really glad we don't have to raise our own goats to bring them to church. I'm really glad we don't have to raise our own cattle so that we have to bring them to church and give them the sacrifices. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love barbecue probably more than anybody else in the room. Um, But I don't have to raise my own beef to cover my bad deeds. I don't need beef to cover my beef. (laughs) <laughs> what I do need what I am excited about is the fact that there is the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives and draws us closer to the Father that he, he represents this, this covering in fact uh, in, in the Hebrew the word is kafar and it means to cover and that's what the, the Hebrew word in the New Testament for atonement is there is a covering That is the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, basically, I'm coming to cover all of the junk in your life. And it says the Father never sees it again. So when it's covered by the blood of Jesus, by the atonement for our sin, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, now there is no longer a need for us to bring our bulls. We can actually bring our our stuff directly to Christ and say, "Will you cover this. But if we are trapped in just reading our devotionals and calling that good enough, we're never going to know the promises that it says that he's faithful to keep. We're never going to know the life-giving nature of who God is for ourselves. We're never going to experience what God wants to do through us if we rely on somebody else to be the revelation. Hear me, I love to preach, but please don't let this be the only time you hear from God. Please. I can't carry that weight. I love to be able to search the Bible and bring you new truths, but if you let me do all the work for you, you will be a weak, anemic Christian the rest of your life. doesn't matter how much I grow or how much God says in his Bible. If you only trust me to tell you what God said, you will be an anemic Christian the rest of your life you might go to heaven based on the posture of your heart, but that's not the life that God intended for you. He says there is life and life abundant. There is something about being in connection with God. Can I borrow Cameron for just a second? Come up here, man. Set on the wide cam and just leave it for a second. Cool. This this is my guy. I love Cameron. Uh, Two... Two and a half years ago, I preached at Vanguard. um, And there were about 350-ish students in the room. And I kind of gave this spiel. Hey, we're planting a church and I want you to come with us. And Cameron was the first person to bolt up to the altar. And and he wasn't giving his life to Christ or nothing. I don't think so, at least. He came to me and he said, God spoke to me uh, while you were preaching and he called me to go with you. And For two and a half years, Cameron has been faithful. Cameron has served. He has gone above and beyond. He has strived for excellence. He has lived out our values. And I'll be real with you. Those of you who are watching online, you would not be watching online without Cameron. There are people who are being reached because of your faithfulness that you won't see until we get to heaven. He's my guy. He was over at my house this week. We were, we were hanging out and, and taking photos and, and joking around and eating food, and, and we love doing that stuff together. But the, the second that, uh, Matt, join me for a second. This is, this is another one of my guys. I love Matthew. Come over here. Stand, stand between Cameron and I. Um, I. I love Matthew and his heart. He loves to serve people, and, and he loves to serve people above whatever his current calendar item says. That's what I love about Matt. I love Cameron. I love being with Cameron. But if I call Matt and say, hey, I love being with Cameron. I love being with him so much. Would you call him and tell him that I love being with him? Hey, Matt, call Cameron and tell him that I want to go to lunch with Cameron. Tell you, know, you tell him. I'm telling you to tell him. That's That's not what I said. (laughs) Don't, don't make this weird. This is not telephone. Doggone it! Play by my rules. Okay. (laughs) What is your What is your response going to be? Naturally, I'll say yes, but I prefer to ask. Oh snap! This was not like this was not planned. Okay, I just called these guys up in the middle of this. If we rely on Matt to talk to Cameron, we will never be close with Cameron ever again. There is a degree of separation now that cannot be overcome because I need to go straight to Cameron. Okay? That doesn't mean that I can't hang out with Matt. So please hear me. I'm not saying that worship music is bad. I'm not saying that devotionals are bad. I'm not even saying that inspirational or biblical quotes on Instagram are bad. What I'm saying is they are not a substitute for being with him directly. Do you kind of get this? I don't need Matt the middleman. Well, that works out really well. I don't need Matt the middleman to deal with my relationship between Cameron and I. Here's another case in point. When I have an issue with Cameron, if I go through Matthew to get to Cameron, there's a chance what, what just happened a few seconds ago will happen again. Hey, I'm frustrated. We need to talk. Now you go tell Cameron. Did you feel my heart through his voice? Okay. This is why, like, just practical life advice don't fight with people over text. Not a good life choice. Don't handle something that needs to be handled person to person or face to face over a text. If you've got bad news, tell them in person. Hey, say, hey, we got to meet. I got to chat with you. Okay, cool. But don't rely on a middleman to get to God. There has to be a point where we where we understand that Matthew has his own place in my life, but I need to go straight to Cameron. Cool? Give it up for these guys. Woo! We have to get to the point where we are saying, no more middlemen. Atonement is the entire theme of Scripture, and in the Hebrew, uh, it, it means to cover. So are we... Are we seeking that covering? Are we seeking the kuffar in our lives? Are, are we looking for that, that oneness with God? This was, atonement was first modeled in Genesis chapter 3. And I'll, and I'll close with this. Um, worship team, you can come back up, or, or just give me the keys. I'll take the keys. Um It was accomplished in Adam and Eve when God had to kill animals to prepare clothing for them. I had never seen this before, but the first atonement, the first covering was their nakedness. It was their shame. God had to kill animals, blameless animals, sinless animals, to cover the sin of the people. He had to take their hides and make them clothing. And then from then on out, we see throughout scripture, there is the theme of a, of a sinless thing covering our shame, covering our sin. And then Jesus said, I'm coming not to, not to forget the law, I'm coming to fulfill the law. And so I'm going to be that atonement. I'm going to set myself up to be the one that will bring oneness hear me, if you hide in your shame, you will never experience what God wants to do through you. If you never accept his forgiveness in your own life, you will never walk in the life that he has for you. I'm believing this, that you didn't just show up to church this morning. You set something in motion. Something is breaking in the spirit because you're not letting something get in the way of you and God. As I was continuing to think this week, the Holy Spirit spoke it to me this morning. He said, you put middleman in place because of convenience, but convenience is not always beneficial. Sometimes it takes the digging, it takes the deep work, it takes the, the one-on-one conversations to really build up the relationship. Believe me, if Brittany and I only communicated through text, we would not be as close. Our marriage would have an expiration date on it. But instead, we talk face-to-face. We do the deep work. We spend time getting to know each other and and wrestling through issues together. And that's the way that the, the, the father really designed marriage to be. And then he says, that's what I want to be with you. He says, I want to be with my bride. I want to be face-to-face face with you. I want, to, I want to see you. It's why in, in Genesis, when he made the garden, he made the garden, I think, for, for the main purpose of those evening walks that he took with Adam and Eve. Beauty is only appreciated if it's seen. And so he makes this incredible garden, and he's walking through the garden with his people saying, man, tell me about your day. What's going on? I know you had a conversation today with the serpent. What do you say? But the second that we decide to hide in our shame, we put that curtain back up. The problem is this. It says that Jesus came to remove the veil once and for all. He died once, and that was enough for the rest of eternity for all of us. I don't believe that the gospel is only for some people and not for others. I believe this. We all have the opportunity today, right now, To step under the blood of Jesus, to step into alignment with his Holy Spirit, and to let him do the deep work that he so desperately, desperately wants to do in our lives. Matthew 27 51 says this, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, the earth split, or the earth shook, and the rocks were split. When you have an experience with the passionate presence of Jesus Christ, it shakes you. And there, there needs to be a hunger in our church. And guys, I'm, let me, let me say it the most plain way I possibly can. It's got to start with you. It can't be it's going to start with somebody else. It's going to start with the person next to me. It's got to have personal ownership over this. That when we have an experience with the presence of God, it just shakes us, it changes us, it molds us, and it covers us. And then we get to walk in a unity, in at-one-ment with the Father. Now I know this hasn't been a a normal message, but this is something that is burning on my heart, and and I just, I want to partner with you. I, I want our church to grow in this, That we all walk in the atonement that Jesus gave us. That we all walk under the covering. Now there are times where we will step out from under it and then we get the benefit of going directly back to the Father. You don't have to come to me. If you want help, come. I'd love to help you. But the first thing I'm going to do is say, you need to talk to God. You gotta go directly to the Father and say, I need back into your mercy. Will you please forgive me? Will you please be the Lord and the Savior of my life again? Now, you don't have to say this over and over and over and over every day just to make sure you get into heaven. What you do need to do is posture yourself in his presence and realize that man, we're 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 called to chase after him is not supposed to be the Uber Eats between Jesus and I. I don't have to order a a portion of his presence. He gave it all to us. So what if we we live that way? What if we take it on ourselves and say, okay, God, what do you want for me? What do you want for Kevin? I, I believe this. A powerful experience in the presence of God will change your life. I believe a powerful presence, I mean a powerful experience in the presence of God is going to change your marriage. I believe an experience in the passionate presence of God is going to propel this church forward. But it's got to start with us. It's got to start with each one of us having a conversation. And I want to welcome you to all. Bow your heads. Close your eyes for just a second. Because we have, we have an opportunity right now to step into this at one mint together. Some of us are going to say this for the first time. Some of us are going to say this for the hundredth time. I believe that it is important that we posture ourselves in the presence of God and say, God, I I, I need you in my life. And so I'd love it if you would pray this prayer with me. If you want to become a believer in Jesus Christ, if you want to be set free from your sin, if you want this atonement, this covering, the Bible says all you have to do is believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. So say this with me. Dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me like you. Cover me, Jesus. Anoint me, Jesus. Give me more of your Holy Spirit that I might know you better. Help me not to put anything between you and me. I'm declaring it over my life. No more middlemen. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or again for the first time in a long time, would you raise your hand with me? Awesome. Awesome. So good. Hey, if you said it online, I'd love it if you'd put the the raised hand emoji. We want to connect with you. We want to make sure that you have what you need. But yeah, let's give it up for those who are coming to Jesus this morning. That's awesome. I'm proud of you guys. We've got, we've, We've got a goal this year to mature. And I think this is a really good way to start. That we understand that there is a covering that we get to live in. So now, would you stand to your feet? I want to release you. I want to pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would go before every single person. Our online family, our in-person family those who are sick, those who are are healthy. I pray your supernatural abundance in their lives. I pray a blessing over your children, but I pray more than that, God, that you would help us realize, identify, and remove any middlemen in our lives that would come between us and you. We want to be in right alignment, but more than uh, alignment, we want to be face-to-face with you. So, Father, until you come, I pray your blessing over your children. Go before us, now we pray, and it's in your name we said together, amen, amen. Hey, I want to thank you, come on, give it up, that's cool, I'm good with that. God is good. I want to thank you for being a part of our weekend worship experience. You guys are dismissed, we'll see you here next Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday, all right? Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, leave a comment, and rate this podcast but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.